Hey, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark fire will not avail you. Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. What's up, Who Would Winners, and welcome to episode number 106 of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve, and joining me today, one of my lifelong best friends, once again, is Mark. Hey, Mark. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it It is going. It's uh, crappy weather here. I don't know what it's like up near you. I feel like this whole week's been pretty cloudy. Yeah, it's pretty gloomy. Yeah. Um. How you been? You been holding up still okay since our last uh, recording session? Yeah, you know, it's still just locked at home, so yeah. not not too much new stuff. My wife gave me a haircut. Oh, I nice. think it turned out pretty good. So that's good. How how that's, was it done? That's was new it, and exciting. Was it buzzers, clippers? Yeah, just just a buzzer. Was it straight buzz? No way. No, no, no. no. Okay. She did she did an inch on the top, and then she did like a half inch on the sides. And made made it square on the back like the hairdresser does. Wow! Did you shaved her, off my neck? Did you leave her a tip? No, no, that's okay. No, she wasn't a good conversationalist. <laughs> you just sat there and you were like just dreading every minute of it. Yeah, exactly. Did she did she get the eyebrows too? No, none of, none of that. None of that. Just just straight. You know, not trying to kill you. Just trying to get the job done. Yeah, yeah. She too scared to use scissors too. Got it. Got to use the buzzer that has the guard on it. Yes. You know, got to be, got to be safe. You offer a little protection there. That's good. That <laughs> How your about wife... you, Steve? How are things going? I'm glad that you and your wife are are playing it safe. Yeah. Uh, I also, it. I also did get a haircut. I got a haircut uh, from Chris's wife Nicole, uh, like mm-hmm. three days before their baby was born, and I wanted to take a second just to congratulate both of them. They have a young, uh, handsome baby boy. And both he and mom are doing great. And uh, Chris will absolutely be back to the show. Saw him yesterday. but um, That's fantastic news. Yeah, Congratulations yeah. to them. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Everything, everything's good. They're a family of four now. And uh, Allie and I have, uh, we helped them kind of uh, when, when they were at the hospital just because Chris couldn't leave the hospital. Uh, so we helped mm-hmm. watch their daughter and... Uh, it was nice to be able to interact with people once again, uh, mm-hmm. since they were also yeah. in quarantine. Mm-hmm. But um, that's that's pretty much uh, what's been going on over here. School year is starting to wind down to an end. We did hear that we're allowed to have a graduation, which is exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. I'm not sure. Your wife's a teacher also. Is she allowed to have a graduation? There has, uh, As far as she knows, I don't think there's been any news yet as far as if they will be able to. I think she heard a rumor that it might not be till July, but then yeah. there's weird weird stuff that happens, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't that's know what they're what's doing going. with ours. Ours is going to be in the beginning of July, which, uh, you know, it's it's usually just in June, but uh, I think uh, our staff is willing to go back over the summer to, you know, celebrate these kids just because of what they've had to endure the past three months and just kind of yeah. celebrate them graduating. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Mark, before uh, I get into a fictional background uh, for a review that we 
had left, I want to quick give a thank you because the, the ciabatta recipe that you guys sent over was phenomenal. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. I'm uh, glad it turned okay. Yeah, it was it was so good. And I've been learning to make a lot of bread items over this quarantine, which I think a lot of people have, because when you go to the grocery store, there's like no yeast and no flour. And uh, of all the things that I've learned to make, that is Allie's favorite thing that I've, that that's I've awesome. made. It's really not too hard. It's that, That's what I told Allie. I said, it's not hard. It's just time consuming. If you do this one little task. Right. wait an hour right do it again right exactly i'm like <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh like i have to i said all these timers and i'm like oh i, I waste I, I waited an hour for a three minute fold and then i waited yep. another hour for another three minute fold but i mean how'd, in you, terms, how'd you eat it just with butter we were Did you yeah, dip it in oil so we were just doing it with some butter uh one day i think i i think i told when i texted you guys this i said i was uh making uh grilled cheese with it Ooh. that was the bread that was very good Nice. Um, I didn't dip it in oil. I want to. We just finished our second like helping that I made uh, this morning. So mm-hmm. we're currently all out. So I'm going to have to make some more. Well, I'm I'm really happy you are enjoying the recipe. You but, can thank my wife for it. She's absolutely. She found it and she took the initiative and made it. So. Yeah, it was delicious. I really appreciate you guys sending that over. So good. So good. Oh, <laughs> speaking of food, this is something else I wanted to send to you, but I didn't bring it up. Uh, do you know uh, a YouTuber by the name of Binging with Babish? I've heard of him, right? Yes. And yeah, I, I know um, our other friend Ben has talked about him before and brought how he loves his channel and stuff, but I have never personally watched it. So I'm sure some listeners are familiar with him. Um, so he's basically a, a home cook. He won't call himself a chef because he hasn't been through the ringer. So he's very uh, respectful that way and mm-hmm. modest and uh he he has this channel like i said called binging with babish it's a guy named andrew ray and you can check him out on youtube and he does uh recipes from tv shows and movies and video games like kind of things that you see and you're like oh man that would i'm curious how that would taste like he did you know the the bubble bass burger from spongebob uh he's mm-hmm. done like chimichangas uh from deadpool mm-hmm. uh but the past two weeks he's actually done community themed foods Oh, really? And uh, I'll have to send them over to you, and I'll put the link in the show notes. He's done uh, Troy's Casserole. Oh, is it, what was that like the tea? Was it pizza rolls? It was uh, a hollowed out Hot Pocket t- covered okay. in pizza bites, pizza rolls. Pizza bites, okay. Um, and topped with a Doritos glaze. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and then he also did buttered noodles a couple days ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and- was that just boiling noodles and putting butter in them so this is the interesting thing that he does about his show and one of the main reasons i really like to watch it is he'll take a recipe and he'll make it as it is in the show or whatever it is movie game and Mm -hmm. and nine times out of ten it's pretty gross like when he did the troy's casserole it was really gross when he did the butter noodles he said you know they're good you know it's classic it's it's very simple Mm -hmm. but then what he'll do is he'll also go into trying to make it a little more edible or a little more um presentable Mm -hmm. and he definitely did that with troy's casserole so yeah yeah i'll send i'll send you the link i'll have to check it out yeah they're pretty um he's really really creative i've been watching him for a couple years but um yeah i'll send you the links if you want to check it out and i'll make sure i have the uh, the links in the show notes also since last week we talked about community and we're going to continue doing that today Mm -hmm. Uh, So before we get started, we have a background that I just want to give a quick shout out to. And this is coming from 
user super bracket bros cast and uh the review title is humorous and smart and the review reads this podcast is fantastic on all fronts the hosts uh, are genuine and funny throughout and it's always enjoyable to catch up with them they gather characters from all corners of the universe and pit them against each other leading to often hilarious results check them out today five stars so very nice review i really appreciate that super bracket bros cast now this one was actually pretty easy to do and i think this is actually the most accurate um re- fictional background i've ever had to do because there is a podcast called super bracket bros cast and it is hosted by two guys named jay davis and elias stokes and i am willing to bet pretty pretty confident that that review was left by either jay davis uh and elias stokes and it's kind of interesting because they actually happened to message me on instagram about a week ago and they had a very nice message and they basically just said um they wanted to appreciate us uh for the podcast for existing because if it wasn't for our pad podcast uh they wouldn't have created their own podcast which is super bracket bros um they acknowledge that though we may be similar we're both able to carve out our own uh corner of the internet for our unique subject matters and they were just very thankful uh and i really really appreciate them reaching out i think that's very nice uh whenever we hear that we inspire people to take the step to create something of their own um that's really really uh great to hear and when I was talking to them a little bit through Instagram and reading more uh, to their about their show, uh, what they do with their show, which is kind of interesting, they do a round of 32, and it's a simple bracket-style podcast, and each episode is just one of those matchups, and they just continue to uh, go through until they get to the final 1v1. Uh, they just actually finished their first season. They started off with... Some characters like uh, Ang versus Lucario. I'm not sure. Do you know who Lucario is? The Pokemon. Maybe. I'm not sure. I'm just well, looking at some Steve. of their. I'm just looking at some of their titles. What 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 gen is that? Is that like post uh, Gen three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Gen yeah. four. Yeah, I stopped after Ruby and Sapphire. You and I have it's our not Ruby Mud and Sapphire. Kip. Steve doesn't I care. I love Mudkip. <laughs> uh, they had Captain America versus Lego Batman, but their final was uh, Iron Man versus uh, Ang. Uh, from the last Airbender, mm-hmm. um, so That's definitely, really cool. yeah, definitely give them uh, give them a, a listen to. I'm sure wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, they have um, a website where you can vote uh, for who should be in their next season. Um, so you can you know give ideas for who the 32 uh, individuals should be going for the rankings. So I really appreciate them for uh, reaching out and leaving us that review. Uh, Jay and David, Jay Davis, and Elias Stokes. Uh, definitely check out their podcast, Super Bracket Bros. Uh, give them a listen uh, today. And uh, like I said, I really, really appreciate that. If you'd like to leave us a review, you can also leave us one on iTunes, and we will give you a fictional background uh, here live on the show. Uh, Mark, anything you want to add? It was too easy, Steve. I know. Too it, easy. Was, it was too easy. It was. I've never, I've hey. never had to do anything that easy where I could simply yeah. look that up. I still think my last week's uh, episode guest was definitely right, though. That, I think that, so too. With that person from Arizona. I think I definitely had that. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Mark, you ready to get going? Let's do it. Okay, cool. So please remember, as always, if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can send us an email at whowouldwincast at gmail.com and consider checking out our website, www.whowouldwincast.com. 
There you can keep up to date with new episodes, uh, listen to episodes also, and see all the links to our social media pages and find out a little bit more about the hosts. And you can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And like I mentioned earlier, please leave us a rating on iTunes so it helps us spread the word about our show. And you'll get a shout-out on the show. And who would win? We both do, which is awesome. So we would appreciate that very greatly. Mark, what are we talking about today? So today we are talking about community yet again. Yes. Um, today we are pitting the Darkest Timeline Study Group versus the Prime Timeline Study Group. Yeah, so this is a really interesting thing about this show. And when I rewatched one of the episodes today, I rewatched the season four finale, the advanced intro to finality uh, episode. <laughs> I was so confused because I thought that that was all like actually happening. I completely forgot just because I watched mm -hmm. the whole the whole series yeah. so quick. And then at the end, I remembered that it was all happening in Jeff's head. Yeah, but um, yeah, that that's a really creative thing that community does introducing that idea because at first mm -hmm. it seems like it's mainly like an Abed thing, but then it yeah. turns into kind of like a Jeff thing. Yes, definitely. So, um, so I guess maybe we should give a little background exactly how the darkest timeline comes to be like in this show. Yeah, that's like, probably a good idea. Like what exactly is this dark timeline going against this prime timeline? Mm -hmm. So, so what do we got here? I think we talked a little bit about it last week, that season three episode, um, Remedial Chaos Theory. Yeah. Yeah. Probably one of the best episodes of TV ever. I completely agree. I remember, like I, I mentioned earlier, when I watched that episode, the moment it was over, I thought to myself, that has to be a top 10 community episode. Mm -hmm. it, it, it just has to be. If it's not, then that's just a crime right there. Yeah. And the, and the premise, for those of you who haven't seen it, is that... Uh, Troy and Abed are having a housewarming party with the study group, and I believe they normally have a brick holding the front door to the apartment building open, but Britta or somebody picks it up, so um, when the doorbell rings for the pizza to arrive, they can't just tell them to come up. They have to send somebody down to go get the pizza, and Jeff decides to roll a die to see who will go, and Abed warns him that by rolling the die, he's now creating six different timelines. And there's six of them also, correct? In the study group, well, there, there's seven. There's seven, uh, and that, that's thinking, the genius I'm, of it. Jeff yeah, sets it up so that right. he would never have to go. That's what it is, yes. So yeah, but, so and, they roll yeah. the die, and with every die roll, they show basically an alternate universe. Mm -hmm. as to what would happen if what that... happens when each individual person leaves the room exactly. at that time exactly and it turns out that they actually don't end up throwing the die in the prime timeline i guess you would call it yeah and then jeff goes uh, down i believe yeah abed abed catches it i believe yes and yes. says and points out that jeff did it so that he would never have to go down no matter what the die down. rolled Right. And and everyone gets mad at him and sends him down. Exactly. Um, I forget who leaves. Oh, it's when Troy leaves is when the darkest timeline uh, starts is created. Yes. So, yeah. So the darkest timeline is basically of those six different scenarios. There's one that all hell breaks loose. And yep. every character in the study group experiences a tragic loss of some type. And that is what leads to it being the darkest timeline. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I'm trying to think of it off the top of my head. So I believe so. Annie Annie has a gun, right? Yes, I believe so. The darkest timeline isn't the first one they show. And in one of the other ones, somebody notices that Annie has a gun in her purse. And it's right. because she lives in an apartment in a bad neighborhood on top of a Dildopolis. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she has a gun in her purse. Um, and Pierce brought a gift for Troy and Abed. And that gift is for Troy. And it's a troll doll that he absolutely hates. Yes. Which is another big part of this. So... And I forget what else really happens, but once Troy leaves, he knocks the boulder off of their Indiana Jones diorama. Yep. Annie trips and her gun falls out and fires. Shoots Pierce. Shoots Pierce in the leg. And it kills Pierce too, right? Like eventually. Pierce ends up dying from the wound. Right. Um, Jeff loses And then I arm. believe... Yeah, I believe Shirley's pies catch on fire somehow yes. oh no the some sort of rum i think spills out and somehow gets lit on fire yes somebody tries to put it out with like a sheet which then lights on fire yes and and it's actually a great meme now of <laughs> uh troy walking into the room jeff's waving the flaming blanket pierce is on the ground bleeding out right. all, it's it's Just, very very good yeah it's a great it's a great uh image of someone coming in after being gone and just being thinking to themselves what did i miss yeah and then in the after credits of that episode we see the the fallout of that timeline and that's where we really see what happened to everybody and uh shirley is now back to her alcoholic ways yes. um troy tried to swallow the flaming troll doll and lost his larynx so he now speaks <laughs> oh, through right. a voice box i forgot about that yes um annie like was locked Steve's, up in greendale yep. uh, asylum yeah in a mental institution in a mental institution and uh because of, of her guilt she yes. went insane from her guilt and then like we said pierce had died and who am i missing jeff, jeff lost an arm and then britta died a blue streak in her hair oh yes and, and says they all experienced great loss that day <laughs> Yeah, that 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 right there just kind of sums up Britta uh, as oh, a, as a character. Absolutely. Yeah. So so now you have this darkest timeline where all the original study group minus Pierce, but then it turns out that he faked his death. Well, that's only in in Jeff's dream version. That of is the, true. That is true. Of the uh, how that plays how that, out. How that all plays so, out. So yeah. So, so we have the prime study group that are ex existing in their own prime timeline, and for a while, it's mainly just Abed that believes in this darkest timeline. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, for a whole s two seasons, and then yeah. at the end of season four, Jeff kind of wanders into that hypothetical thinking of what mm -hmm. if kind of going on, and uh, it leads to basically the two meeting each other. But for this episode, we're going to kind of ignore that a little bit, maybe draw from it a little bit, but uh, just mm -hmm. focus on the two groups going at it uh, just so that way we don't have to use exactly what happened because that would kind of defeat the purpose of the arguments. Mm -hmm. So, so you're going with the, 
evil time group darkest, time. darkest yes. timeline okay and i'm going with the prime timeline so so we kind of already did an introduction to the characters you have jeff winger who is a lawyer you have shirley bennett who uh is a divorced mother of two then remarried devout christian wants to open her own business mm-hmm. you have Britta, but also a former alcoholic a former alcoholic we right find out uh you have Britta, who is the um kind of an activist, activist very that's yeah, the word I'm socially for. aware yep yep uh, always changing her major. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, Troy, who was the high school MVP quarterback mm-hmm. uh, who gets hurt and ends up going to community college because he loses his uh, full ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Abed, who is the uh, super meta TV loving. Uh, I don't know what else you would use to describe him. He's just a character. Socially awkward. Socially awkward. Yeah. And then yeah. you have uh, Annie Edison, played by Allison Brie, who is the uh, the sweet, innocent, recovering. Uh, what was she addicted to? Adderall, uh, Adderall addict. Adderall, Adderall Annie. Annie. Yeah, little, exactly. Little Annie Adderall. Little Annie Adderall, who um, is going to community college to become a nurse. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Oh, and then there's Pierce, who is just an uh, an elderly gentleman who is going to Greendale yeah. Community College because he's got nothing else to do with his time. Yeah. He, how long did he go there? Like over 10 years or something? Well, as Jeff said, he has, uh, Pierce has so many credits that his credits have grand credits. So it's, de- <laughs> yeah. it's, it's definitely been there a long time. Yeah. He and Leonard might be fighting for uh, who's been there the longest. Yes, exactly. So, um, and then we already talked about their their uh, darkest timeline counterparts. So I guess we'll go right into it. So, what what do you think the plan of attack here is with with your group? What do you what do you think they're going to do? What are their tactics? How are they going to go about this? Strengths? What are you thinking? Sure. So, at the end of that episode in season three, Evil Abed states that it should now be their mission to uh, return to the prime timeline. So I think that's kind of the direction we're going with this. So. I, I'm going to say they found a way into the prime timeline and it's now they're trying to basically replace their alternate selves. So I'm going to assume the best place to do that is at Greendale. Yes, I would agree. With so that. they're going to they're going to come back. They're going to jump timelines and infiltrate um, Greendale. I think it would come down to and we see this in in that season four episode that they they kind of, I feel like, change some of the characters, but they bring Evil Annie in and try and get her to impersonate uh, Prime Timeline Annie and try and start tearing the group apart. And I feel like that's probably a good first step. Yes. I feel like uh, it, it's either infiltrate and try and tear the other team apart. Um, and the depending on who you're going after, they may not even notice and or have Abed convince have evil Abed try and convince regular Abed that the evil timeline is better, which we see in a later episode in season three, I believe. I forget exactly what happens, but evil Abed comes out of the dreamatorium. Yes. And takes over Abed's body. Yes. And attempts to recreate the evil timeline by cutting off Jeff's arm. <laughs> yeah. With and, like some kind of like circular saw. With, yeah, exactly. But I feel I wouldn't be surprised if evil Abed could convince regular Abed to play out some scenario that that they love in a TV show or something and kind of overthrow the regular group. 
Um, but I think that would be the start for sure. Yeah, so I think I think you bring up a good point of evil Abed trying to take over Abed, which definitely mm-hmm. is possible because it has happened. Yeah. Um, so I would argue that uh, hopefully, since it had it did happen, that uh, Abed would be able to fight off evil Abed and realize mm-hmm. that the evil timeline is not cool, 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 cool. Uh, and it's but it's actually, hot, 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 or it's cruel, 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 cruel. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, I would, I would say that Abed would come to his senses and realize that the evil Abed is trying to infiltrate the Prime timeline, and thus uh, Abed would alert the rest of the study group that this was going on. So I guess something we have to bring up is that. Do you think the rest of the study group would agree and acknowledge that this is actually happening or would they need some type of convincing that this is actually happening? I think they might need a little bit of proof. Um, But I think as soon as one of them sees two, like, oh, there's two Abeds. That's true. Something's going on. Yeah. But um, I do think most of them would be like, oh, Abed, you're just playing out a scenario from a movie or something right. cut it out yeah you know um however like i i think and that that gives the evil timeline i think a big advantage where they can kind of infiltrate slowly mm-hmm. and make it seem like it's one of abed's schemes maybe they dress up in outfits and think it's another thing where he hired all those actors to play out things um, in that other episode where he was like addicted to hiring lookalike actors and stuff. Okay. I what episode that was. Do you remember that? I do remember that happening. I, I don't well, like remember. They could, they could dress up in like Barney, the evil timeline could like dress up in Barney costumes and everyone would be like, Oh, he's just playing Barney, you know? And, now I feel like he'd have to be there with weapons. Right. I feel like he'd have to be careful with who he assigned with what in terms of trying to infiltrate, because if you saw, uh, like Jeff dressed up as Barney and he seemed like he was going along with it. I think that mm. might be prime time, Jeff prime, prime yeah. timeline, Jeff, that would be, uh, or they would, they would think that would be weird. That's, that's something that prime timeline Jeff wouldn't do. Yeah. So I, th- I think one of the biggest arguments in favor of the evil timeline is that I think it would be very easy to get the man advantage by swapping Pierce to their team. <laughs> I think he is, very much the one who will jump teams at the at, for almost no reason. Yes. So, uh, and we see that in plenty of instances where he'll just join the other team or give up or whatever. And I think if the whole evil timeline comes there and says like, Oh, the prime timelines having a party and they didn't invite you. We're having a party. You can come. Yes. Now the evil timeline, I think, has a one man one man advantage. Not that Pierce is that much of a asset necessarily, in of, but in terms of numbers, yeah, pure pure numbers. I think that would be an easy get. I, I I definitely could see Pierce going over. Another thing I would argue, maybe against the the um, the darkest timeline, is that I feel like they do have some weaknesses that the prime timeline could exploit given that the prime timeline is aware that they are going against their darkest timeline counterparts sure uh, if, if open field combat 
<laughs> team v team. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I, I I think that uh, like for example, Darkest Timeline Annie might have a really hard time going up against Prime Timeline Jeff because sure. she is infatuated by him, and Prime Timeline mm-hmm. Jeff could use that to really go play, uh, play against uh, Darkest Timeline Annie's weaknesses, and she would just be completely caught off guard where somebody could come in and try to take her out. Uh, I, I do I do feel like uh, both Timeline Brittas are kind of like a washout. I feel, yeah, like, they're, I they're, feel they're, like they have almost no contribution on either side. Right, they're pacifists. They're right. going to try and stop everyone from fighting. Right, exactly. They're both basically the same person, I feel, except with a blue yes. streak, like you mentioned, for the darkest timeline. I feel like it's almost a similar thing for Troy as well, where like I feel like they would each just get distracted by each other yes. and like barely be able to or just by the situation and barely be able to contribute. Yes. I think the only thing that evil Troy would possibly have is that like he's evil and wants to do bad things and may have less restraint in hurting people. But then I think regular Troy might just accidentally hurt the other team. So it's probably a wash there as well. I do. I do feel like uh, evil timeline Troy would have a hard time going after prime timeline Abed. Mm-hmm. Just because yeah. he has such that deep connection with Abed that I don't mm-hmm. foresee him causing any harm, even though he would know the thing that is, it's prime timeline yeah, Abed, but he might just what get if confused. prime timeline Abed was like trying to take out evil Abed? Who does he have more attachment to evil and, or prime timeline? You know, I would I would suspect it would be the evil timeline and true. he'd want to he would turn on prime Abed now. Even though the only difference between uh, Evil Timeline Abed and Prime Timeline Abed when he is possessed by the Darkest Timeline Abed, this is getting really confusing, yeah. um, is the the mustache. So Evil Timeline Abed has like an actual grown mustache, but when oh. the Evil Timeline Abed takes over the Prime Timeline Abed, he wears a felt mustache. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I could, I mean, Troy's not like the brightest of the bunch, and I could no. see him actually being confused with at which one is which. At which one is which? Yeah, I could see him not knowing exactly which object yeah. to trust. Sure. And I then, think he would notice the full beard, though, especially if evil Abed walked up to him with an actual full beard. He'd probably be like, hey, Abed, cool beard. And I, like notice. He, no, I, I definitely think that that is something he would notice. But I could see prime timeline Abed wearing the felt mustache, making an argument that he is the actual darkest timeline Abed. And then that Abed is, you know, an imposter. He could sure. he would probably pull out some reference like uh, like maybe like uh in X-Men, the first X-Men movie from 2000, when you have the two Wolverines and they're both mm-hmm. like talking to Scott or whoever. And they're like, no, I'm the real Wolverine. I'm the real Wolverine. I yeah. think that the prime timeline Abed would be able to come up with a way to, uh, to try to convince darkest timeline Troy that he is the darkest timeline Abed when in reality he's not. And he'd probably actually mention that X-Men movie too, knowing Abed. Yeah, probably. He, he would he would pull on that and be like, no, no, this is what we have to refer back to. Mm-hmm. I I think the real asset to the darkest timeline is Shirley. See, I was gonna say that's your your great one of your greatest uh, weaknesses because of her alcoholism. 
Yeah, but at the same... So, Prime Timeline, surely, is going to be similar to Britta. She's not going to want to fight. I guess she... There are times where she, like, hits people with her purse and stuff to protect her friends, but I don't think she would ever actually, like, really hurt somebody. Whereas I think a inebriated Shirley from the darkest timeline whose main goal is to take over for the prime timeline will have like no barriers. I think she's the only one in both groups. If she's like blackout drunk and like (laughs) actually evil, like I think she's the one who's actually going to end up killing people. Maybe Pierce. Yeah. Well, yeah, Pierce, Pierce would, he would kill anybody on any day of the week. Yeah. I, I do see what you're saying about Shirley. Now, my counter argument to that would be that Shirley is a mother bear. She protects her kids. And yeah. I, I think she's also very protective of the study group as well. And if any harm was being brought to the study group uh, and their lives were in danger, I think that mm-hmm. mama bear instinct in her would come out. And I agree. And, and kind of going back to the uh, blankets and pillow forts episode, and the documentary episode that yeah. follows that, like yeah. they show her with pillows. Now, granted, she's not murdering people, but I mean, she is yeah. whipping those pillows around like they're nunchucks, just just smacking people in the face. Yep. So, yeah, I, I she do definitely agree. can uh, have some ferocity. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't think she would murder anybody, but she may beat you with a pillow hard enough to make you crawl into a ball and say, I surrender. Yeah. I think she would play very defensive, though, play in this game of trying to murder each other. I think she would try and, like, defend her own team, whereas, like, I feel like the evil timeline as a whole's great strength is that they're kind of on the attack. Yes. Yeah, that is true. So, like, I I feel like Shirley throwing empty beer bottles at them is a pretty, (laughs) pretty good start for artillery. And then... You just say, hey, Pierce, we're going to have lots of parties. You're invited. He comes over, turns on them. That's another distraction. I think evil evil Jeff, even though he only has one arm, we also see that he is also extremely dark. And in, in season four, you kind of see that he's like pretty violent, oh, yeah. um, I feel like. And like he, he's probably like they they sh- portray Annie in that episode as well as very, very mentally unstable and dangerous. Um, but same for Jeff. So I feel like I feel like the combination of those things would put the evil timeline at a slight advantage, whereas I feel like the prime timeline's big advantage is that they would like stick together and help each other. Where like other than Pierce, like Pierce is gonna switch sides right yeah, away. But I feel like if if Jeff sees an opportunity and like goes for it and then gets taken, like no one's going to try and like save him. I feel like it's just going to, the other evil people are going to be like, all right, let's just keep going. Wait, so you're saying if evil so, Jeff gets taken or prime Jeff gets taken? Yeah. So I'm thinking, I'm, I guess that's, I feel like the ruthlessness of the evil timeline mm-hmm. is their advantage. Whereas the team spirit of the prime timeline is their advantage. And I feel like, Depending on the scenario, the ruthlessness is probably better, especially if we have the up, if we the evil timeline have the upper hand in that they don't know we're coming. Yes. Like we were talking about in the beginning. Right. If we can just take out one of them, I feel like that breaks the group dynamic so much that they can't like really do anything other than Pierce. We always got to say other than Pierce because it doesn't really matter what happens to him. No one cares. 
Do you think? But, uh, <laughs> do you think that the dark timeline would be able to capture Jeff or do something with Jeff? Because I feel like if you get Jeff, the prime, the time, rest kind of crumbles. The rest kind of crumbles. Yeah. Um. Like how? I if think you, if you had to possible. take Jeff, what would what would you do to get Jeff? Either in terms of taking him out or capturing him of some way. Because I mean, Jeff is pretty fit. I think, yeah, I think. Well, I think the most obvious way, especially if they don't know we're coming, is sending Britta and Annie. At him, the darkest very, timeline like, versions of them. Yes, yes, yes. In a very seductive way, and maybe they can just, or even just one of them. It doesn't really matter which one. Um, but and if they can just get him tied up and locked away, or and then somebody else can take the take him out or whatever, dispose of him, then I think that like gives them a huge advantage. Yeah, that that would definitely, like you said, split the group apart, which would not be. Uh, beneficial for them like you said they are a cohesive unit now should that situation Mm -hmm. happen and Jeff gets locked out I think that would open the door though to a good possibility for the prime timeline study group because if that situation were to happen that's where I think then Abed would come in and he would kind of take the leader role and he would say listen this is what's going on the darkest timeline are here they taken Jeff you know, we need to get him back and definitely Troy would completely follow him. Follow him. Yeah. Absolutely. He would be like the Chewbacca to his Han. Hmm. And, uh, uh, Shirley, like I said, she would join in because of, uh, her mama bear's nature of trying to protect him. Uh, Annie would definitely join in because, you know, she has feelings for Jeff and hmm. Britta kind of has, torn feelings for jeff not really but it would go along begrudgingly yeah. she would try and talk them out of it doing anything like violent or anything probably she'd yes. be like we, we gotta just do this the nice way she'd really try and brit it she'd really brit up the scenario yeah the verb to brita e- evil timeline would just brit it up too so <laughs> that's what they say right in the darkest timeline yeah well she does in that final is it the season four finale or whatever that uh or close to it that they play paintball with the evil timeline and it's in Jeff's mind or whatever. This is season four. Finale, like yeah. Britta evil Britta Brit is it by like, doesn't she like shoot herself by accident? Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> like, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Pierce shoots himself on purpose. Evil Pierce. So <laughs> yeah, he, he wanted out. They're like the first one to shoot themselves wins. Right. And he's like, ah, ah I himself. Yeah. So now, I mean, if we're kind of taking some of their personality traits, I mean, I feel like then also, even though you were to take Pierce onto your side, I feel like you would also lose then your Britta because your Britta would, the Darkest Timeline Britta would just Britta it up and she would screw something up in some way, whether she tripped and fell on uh, a pencil or something. The same arguments on the other side, right? If your Britta would just Britta it up too. Uh, to an extent, but I feel like she would still be loyal to Jeff, where I don't think the darkest timeline Britta would be loyal to Jeff. Yeah, that's probably true. I feel like she's but just kind of there. Britta, Britta's always find a way to Britta it up. That is true. No matter no what matter they do. Find they're from, they find a way to Britta it. Right. They always find a way to screw things up completely. So, so you have Jeff tied up captured or something so i would Mm -hmm. i would argue then this would probably then turn into somewhat of a paintball episode if this was actually going on Mm -hmm. kind of like that season four finale but a little different because in the season four finale none of the characters were like taken hostage 
Yeah. Um, so if you had Jeff, then I think that the study group would then move to the dean's office to uh, get paintball equipment, which they know he keeps there because that's mm-hmm. what he did in season. He left him in season two from the season one paintball finale. Sure. And they would explain to him what's going on. And he might not buy the whole darkest timeline thing. But the moment he mm-hmm. hears that Jeffrey's in trouble, not saying that he's going to join and help fight, but he would definitely say, all right, do whatever you have to do to save Jeff. Yeah, but I could see also that the darkest timeline would kind of see something like that coming and evil Jeff would go uh, just talk to the Dean, maybe go shirtless, even (laughs) even with only one arm. I think the Dean would uh, not be able to say no to him. You don't think that a one arm Jeffrey would uh, throw off the Dean at all? I think he'd be I think he could play it off with how much the Dean loves Jeff. I could see him. Oh, it's a new fashion statement. It's the newest thing. And I could just see the Dean trying to cut his own arm off to be cool <laughs> like Jeff. I could see it. I love I love in that season four finale when uh, the darkest timeline Jeff shows up in the Dean's office, but the Dean doesn't see him because his back is to him. Yeah. And, and Jeff enters basically like the Terminator and yes. he just has yes. underpants on and he is missing yep. his one arm. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that, it would be really interesting to see what would have happened if the Dean turned around and saw evil Jeff and how he would have reacted. Because I think yeah. I think you are right in the sense that he would have been shocked by the fact that Jeff was standing in his office basically nude. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've just I would hope that the Dean would would say something, but I don't see that being likely. The Dean, the Dean would see that as a treat that that Jeff was was there. Yes, I I think so, too. Yeah, so. I depend I guess the multifaceted evil timeline plan of attack would be to send evil Britta and Annie to subdue prime timeline Jeff because he's like the heart and soul of the team who always motivates them to get to the goal and then at the same time send evil timeline Jeff to the dean's office to subdue him and get weaponry and I think I think that would probably be the perfect Almost, and then probably send uh, evil Troy and Abed to uh, to get Pierce over to their side, and I think that would kind of attack the prime timeline in such a way that they wouldn't really they wouldn't really know anything's happening yet. But they would all wait. Like as soon as they know they're involved in this battle against their evil selves, they would already be behind by so much. Yeah, they definitely would be behind. Now with you taking pierce what benefit do you think pierce would bring to the group so i think so i i feel like there's there's definitely a chance he still betrays the evil timeline but i think because they're the evil timeline they would be aware of that and kind of keep just keep giving him what he always wants from the prime time study group which is like involve him in things Uh, yeah an affection be like Oh, like Jeff went and got the stuff from the Dean already or whatever. It's like, okay, now evil Jeff Pierce, go do something else together. Like he's part of the team. They're Mm -hmm. not excluding him from anything. They're keeping him in on the plans, but at the same time, kind of keeping him at arm's reach so that if he betrays them, it's not too difficult. But um, I, I think mostly it's another body and it pulls something out of the other group. And like, or they could turn him into a sleeper agent of their own. Be like, hey, we'll invite you to our evil party if you 
go, I don't know, shoot the other guys with paintballs or something, whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Help, help us out. You, you shoot them. Then, uh, so they would convince Pierce that the other ones are the darkest timeline. Do you think, what do you mean? Do you think that the darkest timeline study group would have to convince Pierce that the, prime, the other group, that the prime study group is so. actually the darkest timeline? I don't think so. I think the evil timeline would be able to say like, "Hey Pierce, we're the uh, we're the from the darkest timeline. Uh, we want you to be a part of our team. Here's the plan." And he would just be like, and and just tell him like, "Oh, we overheard uh, Jeff saying something mean about you or planning something without you again." And it would be pretty easy to turn him into like the villain. Like all all he had to see in uh that those season two paintball episodes he thought they were playing cards together and got and that made became this crazy. evil guy and yeah. filled jeff's uh go, gun with blanks and turned against them pretty much until the very end but it took something so small as like okay the whole team was playing cards together or the whole team was playing D D without him for him to become just this evil tyrant character who wants nothing but to like destroy everything that they're doing now, I would hope that given the situation, so let's say let's say we have the prime timeline lined up and we have the darkest timeline lined up, except the darkest timeline has prime timeline Pierce on their side. Sure. And then Jeff is tied up somewhere and he's he's uh, you know, disposed. So yeah. I would I would think that Abed prime Abed has knowledge of the darkest timeline and of what has happened that has led to the darkest timeline. So I would say that Abed then would bring up the conversation about darkest timeline Pierce. Like, where is he? And then hopefully that would make time or prime Pierce start to think, oh, wait, there's two Shirley's, there's two Jeff's, there's two Britta's, there's two Annie's, there's two Troy's, two Abed's. Why is there only one of me? And I would hope by that happening, one of the darkest timeline individuals would openly bring it up because they probably wouldn't even care. Like they would be, excited to tell the story that they shot and killed Pierce. And I, I think well, that, but the that thing is anger him. I think they could spin it like, oh, well, Annie shot Pierce. And he would turn against his own Annie thinking that she might do it to him, not the evil Annie who already did it. Even though she's the one from the darkest timeline that did it. Yeah, but I think they could say like, oh, in our timeline, Annie shot you. Okay. And then I th I think they could spin it so that in his head he's like, "Oh, that means maybe my Annie wants to kill me." And he'd be like, "I'm not going to let you kill me." Sounds like something he'd <laughs> right. say. You know, you yeah, yeah, that does sound like something Chevy Chase would say. <laughs> so, so if that were to happen, then I would try to spin your own argument against you in which you are being nice to Pierce, but you guys are the dark timeline is faking being nice to Pierce just so that way he feels included. Mm -hmm. And I would use, now this is where we would need Jeff. This, this would be pretty tough because Pierce really does look up to Jeff and respects him and listens yeah. to his words and listens to what he has to say. Yeah. Yeah. So if we, if we were able to get Jeff to talk to Pierce and he could rationalize with Pierce, like they, the dark timeline are only being nice to you because they want to use you against your friends. And if that were to get into Pierce's head, Pierce would realize that the dark timeline is actually the wrong people to be associated with, and that would turn him against the darkest timeline 
uh, and that way he could then turn and join back to the prime timeline. Because in reality, like Pierce always says that the study group like leaves him out. And in some mm-hmm. instances they do, but in reality, like they are pretty nice to him and they do include him in things. And he just sometimes can dig himself in a hole, which mm-hmm. leaves him feeling like he's being excluded. Yeah. So I think if they, if they could convince Pierce that, listen, like prime Jeff is only hanging or excuse me, dark timeline. Jeff is only hanging with you because he wants to use you to go after the prime study group that would upset prime Pierce so much because he doesn't want to be felt like he's being used in that way. And he would Mm -hmm. take that as a slap in the face and he would then turn on the darkest timeline study group because they're just trying to exploit him. So that way they can achieve their goal. When in reality, I think that the prime timeline group really does want Pierce with them and that they're okay with him you know, yeah. being part of the study group. Sure. I, I think there's a chance that that works, but I think there's also a chance where he just says, well, at least they're including me and like stays with them. But at yeah. the same time, I feel like we're both making a mistake in thinking that he's an asset and that he's actually going <laughs> to stay with whoever he picks. I feel like he's definitely the guy who just picks the winning team and jumps back and forth and fakes heart attacks that so is, that he doesn't get killed. That is true. He probably um, would fake a heart attack if this was going on. Yeah, I think if like changing the scenario instead of the darkest timeline trying to infiltrate the prime timeline, if they are just meeting Game of Thrones style out in an open field with swords and Pierce is on one team and like I'm not sure he has any effect, you know, like if they're just fighting each other, I I doubt he knows any like actual like hand to hand combat. Unless he he learned anything from his level seven Lotus or whatever it is. The the religious cult? The religious cult that Um, he's part of that he's probably spent a lot of money being involved in. Yeah, but I kind of doubt that they're uh, violence based. It doesn't seem like it to me. The the what are they? The, they're Buddhists of some kind. I think it's some type because they believe in. Yeah. Like, you know, well, he's like a level seven laser lotus or something. Yeah. 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 But uh, I, I feel like if if the two teams are just running at each other, trying to kill each other, he fakes a heart attack right away, lays on the ground squirming until one team comes out, seems to be coming out ahead and just joins that team. Yeah, yeah, I could see him definitely just switching sides instantly. But yeah. I, I do I do see a part of him that really just does have an appreciation for the study group. But I mm-hmm. think I think it kind sure. of depends on what happens that day with the study group. Like how did their morning meeting go? Because if their morning meeting yeah. were awful, then he would be instantly switching yeah. sides. But if they had a really good can... discussion, then he would be staying with them. Yeah, and and like we can see from that from the first Dungeons and Dragons episode, like he once he turns against you, he is ruthless. Oh my god! Yeah, what he did like to absolutely the ruthless. Yeah, yeah. twice, twice, and he he rubbed the sword of Duquesne on his. Balls. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like I think that is a big factor. What what have they done? two or for him lately will be a big deciding factor on his temperament. I think you'd have to roll a die to figure out what kind of pierce you're getting that day. 
Yeah. But I do really think it probably comes down to how motivating the Jeffs can be and how much the prime timeline can help each other against the more violent and ruthless darker timeline. And I would say that the prime timeline Jeff would be more effective than the dark timeline Jeff because the dark timeline Jeff is only out for himself. He doesn't care about anybody else. And the prime timeline Jeff, he has since learned to be more open-minded and to be more well-rounded and inclusive. And Mm -hmm. he could really rally his troops uh, and he would do his classic, uh, you know, speech where he would really get everybody fully involved in what their cause is and how this is what is right and this is good and that the darkest timeline is bad and the only thing we have in life that can keep us going is to overturn the bad with good and i mean like he does in that one episode he's able to convert evil abed back to prime timeline abed with his speech yeah so he may even be able to turn some of the some of the other uh, darkest timeline study group members on themselves, and they would be like, "No, nah, this is dumb." I kind of think though that in the darkest timeline, Jeff may not be the leader as much as he used to be, and it now may be evil Abed, as he yeah. kind of gave them the direction to be evil and try and infiltrate the um, prime timeline, which makes me think that he he was probably the one who planned the whole thing. And uh, yeah. knowing Abed, I feel like the plan and uh, their attack strategy and things like that would be much more planned out. Whereas with Jeff, it would kind of be, I'm going to do this. You guys do whatever you want. And then I'll give a big speech to pull it together at the last second. Whereas I feel like Abed would have it more well planned out. Um, not saying that all the evil people will listen to him 100% of the time, but I think they would have a solid plan that would be more likely to be successful yeah i think that the evil timeline would definitely have more of a coherent strategy whereas the prime timeline would kind of pick things up as they go along but Mm -hmm. i think that once the prime timeline gets to that moment that's when they would really unite and hopefully turn pierce back and Mm -hmm. just use that momentum to to finish off the darkest timeline it could go either way, I think. It really it really could. But, you know, Mark, fortunately... Depends on the day. <laughs> it, it depends on the day. And, and, and fortunately, that's why we have a poll where the listeners can vote for who they think would win between the prime timeline and the darkest timeline. Uh, so, Mark, before before we uh, before we head out, uh, I think we, you and I were kind of talking about a couple fun facts um, about kind of like the whole darkest timeline thing uh, within the community uh, canon. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so, so Abed has his dreamatorium, which is mm-hmm. in their apartment, and it takes up a whole bedroom in their apartment, and it's basically his room where he goes to to dream or and to and to play pretend, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has that very iconic green paint to it with orange uh like uh electrical tape perfectly mm-hmm. marking off stripes and boxes throughout the entire room 
And I'm not sure. Did, I think I forget if you said you know you knew this or not. But did you know that that was actually a callback to the holodeck from Star Trek: The Next Generation? Yeah, I did not know that before you told me. Yeah, so it's um, it's very similar to like like the training room in ter- uh, from like X Men, in terms mm-hmm. of purpose. It's basically where Abed and Troy go to play make believe and eventually they destroy it after the season i think it's after season four or season three season three it's after season three the abed destroys not destroys the room but he takes it apart yeah uh, because he knows that it's not really used for good because he doesn't want to interact with the darkest timeline anymore mm-hmm. uh, even though then he makes his own dreamatorium like a cardboard box it's also so annie can move in right they need well, she no, was gonna move in but then i thought she already moved in at that point and she was oh in yeah the bedroom because right. then they moved out into the they were gonna yeah they were gonna put her in that little blanket room right and she was angry and then they gave her the bedroom and they were in the bunk beds in the main room that's right yeah yeah but i think i i, I think i don't know if they ever show it but i believe that they end up moving into the old dreamatorium room but I don't remember because I would assume that's what uh, they would do if they destroyed the room. Like you'd think that that's where they would they would move their their bedroom to. Yeah, I think I think that might be right. I really don't remember now. Yeah, huh. but um, yeah. So that that's a that's a callback to the Star Trek um the franchise. It's in uh, in Deep Space Nine. It's called the Hollow Suite. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically their way to have different virtual reality environments um like i said it's in uh, the the next generation episode wesley crusher uh kind of gets involved in it a little bit but yeah i thought that was interesting because i feel like it just has a very distinctive look and i never really thought much about it but you know going now that this show has so many hidden jokes that that, that makes total sense that they would call back to something like star trek uh tv show that abed would pull from in order to create his uh dreamatorium Mm-hmm. so yeah so i thought that was interesting and then also you brought this up which i completely forgot and it has to do with the felt mustache yeah so th- it's also a star trek uh reference the in uh star trek they uh introduce a mirror universe with evil versions of the main cast and uh evil spock has a uh goatee that looks exactly like the one that abed picks out for uh the evil timeline yeah. team. So yes. uh, it's another, yet another reference to star Trek. Yeah. This one to the original, the original series. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I've never watched all of the original star Trek. I've seen a couple episodes here and there, like space seed with Khan, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure if you do that. Do the star Trek, characters also in the mirror mirror world i guess or whatever they are the prime universe or the alternate universe do they all have mustaches like kirk and whatnot i I don't know i've actually never seen the episode but um yeah i'm not sure it's possible i guess yeah yeah i'm not sure about that if any listener out there knows or is more star trek fans than we are I'm, i'm trying to see if i can find anything right now but i really can't find anything it would have been funny if all of the characters uh in the darkest timeline all had mustaches Ever, all even the side characters that would that would have been really funny i wish we had gotten like a even though it wouldn't really make sense because most of the show is pretty grounded in reality um 
but uh like an, a whole episode in the darkest timeline i think that would have been but cool just to I, it see, wouldn't like, really yeah like to see like a starburns darkest timeline or a, a yeah and the dean darkest timeline the dean well we did see the dean did we yeah because the dean is the 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 dean the the doppeldiener or whatever he's called do you remember when chang uh takes over well, that... the school yeah, but that wasn't the evil timeline, Dean. It's well, it's the same guy. It's the same guy that he replaces him with when the Dean takes over the school. So, I oh, really? Know, I don't know what like the in universe explanation for that is, but it's the same actor who plays the the Deanal, the doppeldiener. Huh. From the because that's because that's what Abed the Abed brings in the darkest timeline Dean to the prime time universe to show. This, you know, this is the oh, yeah, you're right from the opposite universe, yeah. But, but again, that one is in uh, in the uh, in Jeff's head, correct? So, yeah, yeah, that, that, that could just right. be him filling that in, correct? Correct, yeah, it could be, but yeah, because we don't see but we don't even it would have been Chang, really right? cool to see. Do we do we see what? Chang? In I the... don't think so. I don't, I don't think we see any other darkest timeline people other than the main study group. And I guess if that's who the Dean is in the darkest timeline, uh, the doppeldiener, but I, I would really love to have seen like Starburns, Garrett, Leonard, uh, those types of people and what their evil versions would look like. Yeah. I'm curious what Leonard's would be. He would probably be walking around. Like he would probably be really nice. <laughs> Cause he's already kind of mean. It would probably just be like the opposite. He's wearing like a South Korean army military or uh, outfit or something like that. Yeah, no, knowing how the uh, the show goes, uh, if all of the evil versions of the study group are like somewhat opposite of themselves, like I assume a lot of the other characters would be as well. So, like Leonard would be a really upstanding citizen. Uh, Garrett would be like top of the class. Uh, <laughs> Starburns, Starburns would be like anti-drug yes yes <laughs> fat neil would be the cool kid he'd be like the cool like maybe they like d uh thin him or something i don't know what you would call that <laughs> d weight loss him yeah um or or they just make being fat cool you know which which it can't which it is it can, i'm it is. i'm not a small guy <laughs> and i'm cool yes you are right right steve that's what you my mother and your mother tell you every day, Mark, in our group chat. <laughs> it keeps me going. It does keep you going. <laughs> but yeah, that would that would have been interesting. If, if, if and when they make the movie, I think that the two things I'd want them to explore would be either the darkest timeline uh, and City College. That's what I would really want them to explore. Yeah, I think City College would be great. I also think doing like, a search for Troy would be pretty cool. Oh my gosh. Since, uh, that, would be, that would be so good. The last we hear of uh, him and LeVar Burton is like, it's on the bottom of a news broadcast or something in season five or something that they've been abducted by pirates in the oh, Gulf. Really? I didn't know that. The bottom. I forget what episode it is. Yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head, but they show a TV that's got a news broadcast going and it's like LeVar Burton and non-celebrity companion abducted by pirates in the Gulf. Oh my gosh, that I did not know, but that would be hysterical if they did like a search for Spock parody or yeah, Abed just kept referring back to search for Spock the entire th time. I think that'd be hysterical. Yeah, it could be really cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, hopefully we get the movie sooner than later. It's definitely going to happen, but the question is yeah, just when. Sooner. Yeah, it just has to happen. Did you watch the table read? Oh yeah, so we haven't talked about that. So we can we can end with that real quick. I did watch the table read. Uh, I thought, I thought it was I thought fantastic. It was, I thought it was fantastic. The only gripe I think I have is I wish they could have had an episode where Jim Rash played the dean. Yeah. Because he only played the lie detector test reader, yeah. which I still think he did a fantastic job with. Yeah. But I would have liked to see him play the dean. Yeah, I, re- I really think they chose the episode they did because it is basically a bottle episode. Correct. So there there isn't need for movement, crazy set changes. Like you can easily picture them all just sitting at the study table. Yeah, study that's true. Table. That is true. Where, whereas, like, if the dean's up and moving around, I feel like you lose a lot of that charm yeah. without without the uh, costumes and movements and mannerisms. I feel like you lose a little bit. So I think that's why they specifically did it. But I absolutely loved uh, Pedro Pascal breaking. He was, uh, that, was reading the script. It was so funny because I, I before I watched it, I heard that he broke a whole bunch of times. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what it was, but when that part kept coming up and he just kept laughing every time, it's it, it was almost as though he was kind of like reading the script for the first time, it seemed. Yeah, but I, I heard that. Uh, so I, I didn't actually listen to the podcast, but Ken Jeong and uh, Joel McHale do a podcast and they had him on after the table read. Okay. And he's apparently really upset that people think he didn't. uh pre-read the script or anything and like he had read the script right before he had seen the episode like he knew it was coming it just got him that time i guess while he was in care i I completely believe that because he was saying some things while they were reading through it uh that he definitely had seen that he had read it through it or he's seen the episode because i think he said a couple things along the lines of how did you guys get through this or um you know you know this is so funny or something like that yeah and he and he was like so spot on with the character from the actual episode. I was like, he had to have seen the actual episode to like understand the tone and all yes. that stuff. Cause it, it was like spot on. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was very dry. It was, it was, um, very, uh, like, uh, I'm trying to think of a word to describe monotone. It. Yeah. Very monotone. Yeah. He, he was no joking, no, no humor whatsoever. Yeah. Very straight face. Yeah, yeah, very straight face. That's a good way to describe it. Yeah, I thought I thought he did a great job, and also too that they got the uh, writer and performer of the theme song. Oh yeah, uh, that was I really forget, cool. I forget what the band name is. Some I think it's like something eighty eights or something. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, the fact that he did the the theme live with his guitar that was that was really cool. Yeah, the whole thing was really cool. Yes. I, I quite a bit yeah so i'll put a link for that in the show notes too if anybody hasn't seen it or they are they're interested in checking it out they did that table read about a week ago uh in honor of the uh they were doing it for like a fundraiser like feed america or something yeah something for covid19 relief yeah Yeah. so yeah that was awesome and it it definitely uh, got people excited to see them all back especially having donald glover back to play troy was definitely uh exciting And he fell right back into it, too. He, he fell right back. He into didn't it, lose a step. Nope, not at all, which which gets me excited to have him come back. And like you said, if they do a search for Troy movie, they c- could do it. So that way he doesn't show up until maybe the third act or something like that. So he doesn't yeah. have to really be there since the beginning of the movie. 
Yeah, or he can do a bunch of scenes like separate from the rest of the team, like it's him and LeVar Burton doing things off to the side right. to like kind of make the schedule work for him a little bit more yes. so they don't work around so many people. Yeah, I think but. that'd be uh, I think I think they need to call you. I think Dan Harmon needs to give you a ring and you can pitch to him what the show needs to be because I think you yeah. have it perfectly. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it. I don't know about that. <laughs> he created he created this ingenious show. I'm just here enjoying it. As we all are, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for uh, coming back on again and uh, l- lending your expertise of community uh, to the past couple episodes we've done. I really appreciated it. Yeah, not a problem. I love being on the show. That's great. Uh, do you want to plug your uh, Twitch channel uh, once again yeah, sure. for any listeners that maybe didn't listen to the last episode or maybe might be interested in continuing to follow? Sure. So, yeah, I recently started Twitch streaming. I try and stream a couple days a week. Uh, my Twitch name is uh, it's twitch.tv slash Norbsman. That's N-O-R-B-S-M-A-N. Um, if you'd like to drop in and give me a follow, that'd be great. I did. I was able to watch some of it on my computer because I was having a hard time seeing it on my phone. But mm-hmm. when I went onto my computer, I went there and I saw you did. You were trying to get your first win in Call of Duty. Call of Duty Warzone. I was playing with a couple buddies, and still they've gotten wins without me when I haven't been able to play, and I still have yet to get that first win. But maybe someday. I'll be rooting for you. <laughs> I want Thanks, you Steve. Absolutely. As always, there's going to be a Twitter poll where you can vote for who you think would win between the Community Greendale Primetime lines prime timeline try saying that five times fast study group against the darkest timeline study group uh we'd appreciate it if you could uh send it out to people uh like i said uh leave us a review on itunes it definitely helps us spread word about the show you can follow us on twitter instagram and facebook and check out our new website www.whowouldwincast.com and as always, please remember to subscribe, follow, and rate, and please continue to participate in our show. For the Who'd Win Cast, this has been Steve. And this has been Mark. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. The Who Would Win Cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win Cast, and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holders.